We never see any famous people or spiritual teachers <laughs> advertising that they were a terrible person in a past life. But we definitely see people advertising how amazing they were. But this is only one of the problems I see with past life work in spiritual circles these days. In today's episode, I want to illuminate the subject of past lives. I want to talk about what really the purpose of the incarnational journey is, why past lives matter and why they don't, and also when it may be appropriate to have a look at past life and when it is not. Now, all of this is based on my years of experience and <laughs> my own foibles. As you know, just like in my book, Initiation, I tend to share a lot from my own experience and not the experience where I did things perfectly, but the experience where looking back, I can admit I wouldn't do that anymore, or I would choose a different way. And I'm sharing this here because that is a great way to describe the soul's journey as well. The soul records experiences. And I studied and learned all about the soul from my root teachers and spirit family, InterQuest Metaphysical Church. So if you want to go on a deep dive, I would recommend their year-long metaphysics program. The soul's purpose, essentially, according to the soul, is to have experiences and experiences are how we learn. We gain the most experience. We advance the fastest when we have embodied experiences. For example, on a planetary body such as Earth, who has a 3D Earth school that we can anchor within physically and then have those physical experiences. These are the experiences that the soul records and that the soul learns from. And so from the soul's perspective, there isn't good and bad. There is experiences. There's making mistakes, learning from them, growing, acknowledging, and making different choices as we go along. And through those experiences, sometimes often harrowing experiences, challenging experiences, the soul grows and the soul expands in consciousness. Now, I do want to take a side street, <laughs> a tangent that is a very relevant tangent here to say that I have seen people use the soul's perspective as a way of spiritual bypassing, as a way of avoiding, justifying some sort of horrific event experience. Something terrible happens. Oh, their soul must have chosen that. Their soul must have orchestrated that. So just because from the soul's perspective, there is really only experience. Here in the 3D world, as a human being, there is polarity. There is our own internal truth meter and what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. We are not meant to be living 
from a soul perspective as a way of avoiding or disengaging from the suffering of the world. We're meant to integrate the soul, the body, and the higher self. This is really important to note because when we find ourselves starting to say things like, oh, that happened because of the soul's experience, listen listen to how that feels. Arrogant, egotistical, and completely devoid of compassion. And honestly, from where I sit today, and I forget this all the time, and I have to remind myself over and over and over, one of the most important points of human life is to know and remember themselves as love, is to be love, is to know that love is really all that matters. And we find this over and over and over in NDEs, right? Near-death experiences, people that started to cross to the other side, they come back and they realize it's all about love. None of that other stuff really mattered. Those external achievements didn't matter. It was love. And so I'm just wanting to really bring our attention to this epidemic in the spiritual community, in the new age community about hiding behind the quote unquote soul's perspective of, well, their soul must have chosen this. That is such a gross distortion of the metaphysical teaching of the soul's journey. As part of being human, we are invited to cultivate compassion. We are invited to cultivate love. And compassion doesn't mean running around and saving every single person. Compassion doesn't mean being a bleeding heart that is thrown around in the winds of the collective chaos. That's not compassion. That's an empath who has a lack of boundaries. So as we begin to unpack the soul and past lives, I want to always keep that in mind that if at any point in time of your spiritual journey, you're starting to notice that your insight into the soul or your insight into your own past lives or other people's past lives is actually making you callous and rigid and demonstrating a lack of compassion, then it's time to take a pause and just examine that because you could get stuck there. And I know with all of the stuff happening in the world, it's sometimes desirable to have a way out. It's sometimes desirable to not have to feel, um, sadness or pain or all of the emotions that could arise on a daily basis, especially if you're really inundated with media and social media and news cycles. So the soul's journey is about gaining experience, gaining recording experiences, and then learning from those experiences and making different choices and growing in their soul consciousness. So from this perspective, the soul does not decide if an experience was good or bad. In fact, from a soul perspective, the soul often wants to have experiences that are contrary to societal programming, to the ego. So listening to the soul and acting accordingly is hard. (laughs) It's a lifetime work. And we don't get it right. No one gets it right. We may get it right some or a lot of the time, but no one gets it right all the time. So as the soul is having experiences, and I'm talking about experiences in a lifetime and then experiences across lifetimes, the soul is gaining 
experience, understanding, gifts, knowledge, but the soul is also recording trauma and woundings and times where they made a choice that then they realized wasn't the right choice and then they can be caught in a loop of unforgiveness. And that lack of forgiveness of self can keep us stuck in a cycle or a pattern. And sometimes these cycles can carry on for lifetimes. And ultimately, anyone who's doing a journey in 3D Earth is going to have times where they forget who they are, sometimes whole incarnations, sometimes multiple incarnations, where they have forgotten the light of their soul, they have forgotten their own magic, they have forgotten their connection to source, and as a result, they descend not only deeply into matter, but deeply into the programming of the matrix. And they end up perpetrating behavior that hurts both themselves and others. And then when they start waking up to their behaviors, then they go into a period of shame and guilt and unforgiveness. And this can be a trap that we get caught in for lifetimes. So there is unlikely to be any person who is incarnated, who has not made a mistake, who has not done something that was out of integrity with their soul consciousness. And most of us have had lifetimes on both sides of the fence. Lifetimes where we were aligned with the darkness. We were aligned with a governing body of subjugation and control, of persecution and pain. So the first thing it's important to do is to acknowledge that you've played on both sides of the fence. I am not suggesting that you immediately go into either side of the fence in terms of your soul's history and past life experience. That is never where I would start. And I want to talk about why. Most people, when they begin the spiritual journey, everyone seems to be interested, fascinated by past lives. And it makes sense because we desire to know to be reflected, that there is more to life than what we can see, than what society and traditional schooling has taught us. In our heart of hearts, we know there's more. And past lives seems to be a gateway into exploring that more. If it is indeed true that we've had multiple lifetimes and that we've been this person and that character then what else is possible, right? It opens up this realm of possibility and sometimes an opening that childlike wonder is stoked and that begins to stir and awaken the heart. So for that reason alone, that initial fascination, there's nothing wrong with it. However, the hope is, is that we allow that initial fascination to stir our heart and then hopefully we begin to focus on what is truly present for us right now. Not in the past, not in the future, but right now. Unfortunately, what I see over and over again is people becoming obsessed with wanting to 
know their past lives. And most of them don't want to uncover the past lives where they did quote unquote bad, (laughs) the past lives that now they would maybe regret or feel feelings of shame. But they want to know the past lives where they were something wonderful and important. And what this can create is a path or mode of escapism. This can also create delusions of grandiose grandiosity. This can inflate the ego. I was a high priestess in the line of the Magdalene and had many lifetimes in Egypt. And therefore, I do not need to do any training because I have full past life recall and full memory of my soul's journey. Well, if you had full access to your soul's journey, like really, number one, you would more than likely go crazy. Most of us, if we have an anchor to the 3D world, would not be able to hold the full knowledge of their soul's record. Second of all, if you had full access to your soul's experience, you probably wouldn't be talking about it because the soul is sacred. Life is sacred. And three, if you truly were such a high-level soul in a different lifetime, then why did you not complete with the incarnational cycle of planet Earth? Why are you still here? If we're still here, we've got work to do. Are there masters on the planet? Have there been masters on the planet that have full access to their soul and choose to be here to support other souls? Absolutely. But they don't brag about it on Instagram. I have never known one enlightened master to actually name themselves as enlightened. And they definitely don't talk about their past lives because they don't need to. You see, if a past life gives you clout or gives you some form of identity, then that is a good red flag to indicate that we're maybe working with past lives in a way that is keeping us trapped. Think of the example of a washed up artist focusing on the good old days, right? It's the same thing. We're invited to be here now. So with that being said, when does it make sense to have a look at our past lives. I personally, first of all, would never, 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 never take a client on a journey to connect with a past life because they came to me and said, I want to learn about my past lives. If you are meant to know about a past life, any one of your incarnational experiences. It will come forward when it's good and ready. It will come forward when it will be helpful to your soul's journey. And one of the most dangerous things I think we can do is to go rooting around for past lives, rooting around for no reason other than sheer curiosity. With that being said, the reason we would go into a past life is if something is affecting you now in the present, there's a present thread that is coming forward. And when we trace it, it goes beyond this lifetime. Sometimes there's not even any correspondence in this lifetime, at which point it becomes a past life or soul issue or an ancestral trauma or issue. And 
Unfortunately, this is not because something amazing is happening and all of a sudden you're starting to have impressions of this amazing time when you were, again, a high priestess or some cool lifetime. This, what starts to happen is a trauma starts to come forward or a very strong unhealthy pattern or belief system that again is either not being resolved by working with early childhood, early family patterning, or there doesn't seem to be a root there. Now, some practitioners get a feel for when it's one versus the other. And One of my teachers used to say that you had to truly go to the root of something. So for example, if there is a pattern coming up and I go to the first experience I had with that pattern in this lifetime, but that's not actually the root of it, then you don't actually resolve it. If the root goes farther back, goes deeper, or has an original cause that is nested somewhere else, that root ball or nest is still going to have energy and still going to cause a problem. Now, that has seemingly been my experience as well. However, all of life is this holographic experience. So all time is really now right? And as we anchor in the 3D experience, we basically have this agreement with linear time. We experience time linearly. And as such, there is a past, present, and future. But from the soul's perspective, all time is now. And certainly from the higher self's perspective, all time is now. So that would perhaps then lead to the ability to be able to heal and resolve an issue no matter where you touch into it. Whether it's upstream or downstream, it's all the same. If you touch into it here, you resolve it there. I am open to that, absolutely, and yet it has just been in the way that I work that that has not necessarily been the case, and I've always had to trace deeper and farther to the what seems like in linear time, the original root cause. But again, what's important to note here in either of these examples is the reason we work with it, you know, is because there is something that is preventing you from moving forward. There is a blockage. And so we don't come to a practitioner session and say, I feel great. And let's go looking at my past lives that have caused me to feel great. How silly is that? I feel great. Then let's keep on keeping on. Let's keep doing what we're doing. But that's not why most of us find ourselves in front of a practitioner is because we feel great. It's usually because something is getting in our way. Something is feeling like we're stuck or like we're going around in circles, right? And then we are called on to another layer of our healing journey. So in my experience working with past lives, we work with them when they present. I absolutely do not believe we go rooting around for them. Now, you're probably asking at this point, because if you've read my book, you know I obviously mention a past life 
or possibly ancestral connection of a lifetime where there was trauma. But I also mention, as part of my soul's journey, a connection to a time when I was fairy. But here is the thing about that. And this could actually be a whole episode because what happens is when we begin to do deep healing work, to resolve early lifetime trauma patterns, to heal and resolve wounds from past lives, if and when they present to resolve ancestral trauma, then sometimes as that space is created, as more light is allowed to embody, the light of the soul is allowed to embody further and further and further into the actual body, the physical vehicle itself. What happens is that will sometimes activate a soul remembrance and For me, a soul remembrance is not a play-by-play movie reel of an entire lifetime. I don't have a play-by-play movie reel of an entire lifetime I spent in fairy. I just don't. It's more like impressions. It's a felt sense or it's a snapshot of or an image of a moment in time. That may or may not have happened and may be just how my person of who I am now is configuring it to have and gain an understanding. But what starts to happen as we reclaim more of our true self, as we allow more light in, as we love ourselves more to allow more light to inhabit our physical form. As this begins to happen, that soul memory, that soul remembrance awakens within us to simply become unknowing. And a way of giving yourself your own self-test around that is if it is attaching you to the past and you start wanting to recreate the past or go back to that time, then we know that we're not really truly allowing that calibration between body and soul to happen in this lifetime. Because generally, when a soul remembrance begins to happen, it's so that you can be more of who you are here and now. So you can be more fully you, more fully human here and now. As we inhabit ourselves, as we take up more space within ourselves, within ourselves as well, we tend to invite those extraordinary and profound gifts that are innately, inherently part of our unique energetic expression, our unique medicine to awaken, to come forward, to come online. And so in this way, oftentimes there is a reclamation of knowledge, wisdom from the past that comes forward. But again, I don't experience this as, for example, a whole whole tome of written out source text from an ancient lifetime that now I'm bringing forward into this lifetime. Instead, it tends to come forward as embodied wisdom. You just are the wisdom. You don't have to pontificate or rewrite an ancient scripture that's been lost. You simply are the living wisdom. And so in this way, we are, yes, reclaiming our soul gifts. But I find this to be a very natural and organic process 
rather than one where we are rooting around and going on past life journeys to excavate memories, gifts, and then bringing them forward. This is a natural process that is rooted in divine timing, a timing that we can't force. And if we try to force it, whether that's in the space of a practitioner or by ourselves, what ends up happening is we can cause damage. I worked with a naturopathic doctor for a bit of time, and she had a very, very powerful perspective on on detoxing and cleansing. So prior to working with this naturopath, and this was back in, geez, 2011, 2010, 2011, prior to working with her, I had done a lot of detoxing and cleansing. And a lot of this was very harsh detoxing and cleansing. I can't tell you how many liver cleanses and colon cleanses I did. There was a period of time when I was doing it every month because I believed that my body was so toxic from recreational drug and early alcohol use that I needed to cleanse. That and I was having some health challenges at the time. So I began this very, very harsh cleansing regimen. And I'm not going to go into the details, but if anybody has done heavy detoxing and cleansing, you know, <laughs> oftentimes we will get sick, very sick, before we get better. So when I began working with uh, at this naturopath, I wasn't a patient, I was actually a uh, I worked there as a as reception and running the front desk and I learned so much from her one of which was that she absolutely did subscribe to cleansing and detoxification when the body was so toxic that it was creating a, a health concern however it was extremely gentle and in fact contrary to a lot of what's out there around, oh, you should be getting sick. You, that's normal. She actually felt that if you started to get sick and your symptoms became too intense, that you needed to slow down and go even more gentle because the body was not able to handle the heavy load of toxins that were being uprooted from the different places in the body. These toxins that had been buried, encapsulated in pockets of fat, usually for protection, right? Be it heavy metal, be it whatever kind of toxins, they were starting to uproot themselves in a way that was so fast that the body then was not able to stabilize and kick out and release the toxins fast enough. And so your system was on overload and it was causing you to get sick. So that was not to say that a tiny headache or something of this sort wasn't common, but any kind of extreme sickness-related symptoms, and she saw that as cause for concern, and she would slow down the whole detoxification process a lot. And this was a huge revelation to me because I then now even think of this in the context of past lives and, and trauma work and woundings. If we don't have a strong, stable foundation to allow some of these 
woundings, blockages to come up, then they can end up causing more harm than good. This is why I love working with essences, because plant spirits are obviously intelligent, sentient spirits that have their own intelligence and consciousness that seem to know what is ready to pop, what is ready to come forward, right? It's like that loose tooth. You remember when you were little and we started to have like a loose tooth and there was this moment where the tooth was loose enough that it was hanging by that string and it just needed a little nudge right, to come out. You didn't start working the tooth when it was just a slightly, a little bit loose. It wasn't ready yet. And so this is the same thing I find with woundings, with blockages, whether it's related to early childhood or whether it's related to past lives, is that it's really important to know and trust the body and soul timing. And if we do, and if we create space and then create the right supportive conditions, then those pieces that are ready to come forward, ready to be worked out of the cells, because trauma does actually nest in the cells as well, it will it will come out and the body and the soul will be able to work with it. They will be able to confront it and resolve it. But if we start rooting around and pulling on that tooth before it's time, we can end up causing damage and forcing something that's not yet ready. So the way that for me, I know it's time is when something is very strong in the field and it begins to come forward as a repetitive, unhealthy pattern that is showing up in the present, in the person's present day daily life. So as we're coming down to the end of this episode, and I do have a couple of more things I want to share on this topic, I also want to share with you about my program, An Initiatory Journey Called Dragon Heart. This program incorporates a lot of what I've been talking about in this episode. A lot of the themes of supporting the soul's natural timing of creating a beautiful experience for the soul to grow and expand in consciousness for soul remembrance and healing to take place. This journey that I will be leading is a great example of, I feel, an integral way of doing deep soul work at this time. And of course, this whole journey is going to be led and co-created in connection with the dragons. And in particular, we're going to be working with our sacred and shared history with the dragons. So this three-month online quest starts on March 21st. And it is very possible that past life, as well as soul and ancestral history, may come forward. So an opportunity for healing and resolving these places within ourselves may present. But just as I've been sharing about in this whole episode, we will not be rooting around specifically 
going into an individual participant's soul history. We're not going to be doing that. We're not going to be doing past life journeys, for example, to find out what our lifetimes with dragons are. Instead, there will be a beautiful, safe, supported, and held container anchored in the heart of Gaia. Conditions will be created within a space of love to allow any aspects of self, any woundings, or unresolved issues connected to dragon to come forward that are ready to come forward, to allow healing to take place that is ready to take place. So instead of going and rooting around for past lives, the conditions are created, the alchemical conditions are met to allow the soul, the body to feel safe and supported while also having the tools to meet and greet that which arises in the here and now from the heart of dragon and from our own hearts. This is a very, very different approach, and yet it is extremely powerful and allows for natural, organic soul growth, consciousness expansion, healing, and true co-creative partnership with the sacred forces of Gaia, known as the dragons. This is an opportunity for us to come together human and dragon, and to heal that which is present. And yes, will we be exploring the history, the shared history of human and dragon? Absolutely. But that is going to be from a Gaian standpoint. We're not going to be rooting around for a particular individual, their movie reel of their past life connected to dragon. Instead, we're going to be unpacking the beautiful essence, the heart of dragon that goes all the way back into prehistory, pre-culture, pre-Lemuria, and tracing that sacred wisdom stream, that sacred lineage, and how it has shifted and changed over time, and then allowing that wisdom and understanding to sing forth that which is ready to be healed and resolved in the group. And I like to use the word sing here because that is truly how I see it is there is this almost like a beautiful snake charming, right? With the flute playing and then the snake gently rising, right? In correspondence to that song. Some say it is to the movement of the flute itself, but either way, it is that gentle invitation to allow something to choose to come out of hiding and reveal itself if it wants to, rather than chasing something and going to find it in its dark closet when it has no intention of wanting to come out at this time. That can create, that can create more trauma. And so, of course, in this journey of Dragon Heart, the essences are going to be part of this experience to support us to invite us into healing and remembrance. But again, and I can't stress this enough, within Dragonheart and in general, this is not a forcing. It is a creating the proper conditions and then it is up to each soul 
It is up to each individual soul to choose, to choose healing or not. And this is not a good or bad. There is no judgment. There is no better or worse or hierarchy. In fact, this becomes an opportunity to allow ourselves to be exactly where we are. And that in and of itself is a great quest, is it not? We have to trust our soul's timing and past life work. And I would go as far as to say soul work and allowing soul remembrance to take place is extremely important and powerful, but it needs to be done with care, with respect, respect for the soul's individual journey and timing, not the practitioner's timing, not the collective's timing, but the soul's timing. And so Dragon Heart is a journey of reclaiming our magic, of remembering ourselves as magic. But our magic is rooted in our soul and is rooted in our connection to source. And in order to be fully present to that connection, to allow that connection to fully inhabit our physical body, oftentimes a great deal of healing needs to take place. And so that is the invitation of this program in particular, is allowing the healing to take place so that we can truly remember ourselves as magic. And the dragons have everything to do with this. This is truly a an invitation into expanding our soul consciousness and growing into the next octave of expression of consciousness. I might even call this a pathway or an invitation to embodied ascension. But ascension has so many connotations. If you at all associate it with leaving this place, leaving the body, uh, any kind of escapism, that is not what I mean at all, which is why I tend to use the term mythic embodiment, which arose from my soul as a term that I have coined mythic embodiment or embodied mythic reality. So enrollment is open for this experience. And if it calls to you, I would invite you to apply, which is how you begin the enrollment process. Now, finally, the final thing I want to say about past lives, we are vast creatures. Each and every one of you is so vast. And yet we are here to have this experience that we are having now. And where those two energies intersect is this beautiful blossoming doorway, this heart portal of true soul remembrance, which is about awakening the light of your soul in your physical body, allowing that light to become the medicine that feeds and sources you and also blesses others, blesses the world, aligns you with true service. I hope this episode has given you much food for thought, much to consider and ponder and chew on. I acknowledge that some of my ideas may not be popular because having a past life as a high initiate in Egypt is quite glamorous. The true journey of healing and soul remembrance 
is not about getting yourself on the board of who's who across history. It's about being who you are now, but not your trauma and your patterns and your beliefs that may not even be yours, but truly allowing your unique magic, your unique soul light to inhabit your physical vehicle, your body, to allowing the pure love of your soul, of spirit to flood you and to be so pervasive, so expansive that it flows out and blesses the space around you, blesses the people around you. Thank you so much for gathering with me in this space. I am clearly on a mission to re-enchant the world. Through these mythic story weavings and sharing of these expansive and thought-provoking topics. So let me ask you, have you ever felt the swirling of remembrance in your heart? As if the mystery of life is whispering to you? If so, you might relish my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's an epic memoir that will take you on a mystical journey of remembrance. From the mountains and jungles of Peru, to the sacred hills and wells of Avalon, to a mysterious island in northernmost Scotland. This book is an odyssey encoded with living myth, magic, and mystery. It's a tale of healing, synthesis, and becoming. But it's not just my story. It's a story that resonates with the human condition, our struggles, our triumphs, and for those of us who feel an inexplicable but very palpable connection to fairy. I invite you to immerse yourself in this transformative adventure to explore the depths of your own soul as you journey alongside me. So, my dear listeners, I encourage you to visit my website at diamirarose.com to find out more about the book or hop over to wherever you purchase your books and get your copy today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Elemental Whispers community. Stay tuned for more enchanting stories and encoded transmissions. Until next time, may your path be filled with blessings and the wisdom of this world.